Hi, my name is Bob Brooks, host and moderator of Long in the Tooth. This is a podcast primarily for late career dentists who are interested in doing a great job with their practices currently and also in planning for a transition of their practices to new ownership in the future. Our vision for the podcast is to be an educational format, not salesy at all. If you have been directed to join this podcast by a member of the dental industry in the United States, please thank them. This is going to benefit you. These are educational presentations that will hopefully help your profitability, your peace of mind, and your planning for the future as you are considering transitioning your practice to new ownership. Hi, this is Bob Brooks once again with Long in the Tooth Podcast, and today I'm happy to have with us Brian Edwards. Brian is a, uh, he's got a lot of initials behind his name, and uh, he could about use the whole alphabet, but he's managing director of wealth management uh, with his group, which is affiliated with Morgan Stanley. He's also senior invest, investment management consultant, corporate client group director, corporate retirement director, and family wealth advisor. He's been uh, uh, ranked in the top 1,200 financial advisors in the country by Barron's and in the top 400 by Financial Times. And Brian, we're happy to have you with us today to talk about uh, uh, wealth management strategies and investment planning uh, toward the end of the career of of some of these late career dentists. Yeah, Bob, we're we're thrilled to be here and uh, I'm glad you invited me. Well, uh, Brian, our first question today is... um, If I sell my practice, what should I do with the proceeds? And we're going to look at this from uh, three different perspectives. One would be, first, the estate planning perspective. And I think you're going to address trust, lifetime exemption, and DAF. I'm not sure what DAF is, but I'm I'm interested in finding out. I, I'm guessing it doesn't uh, refer to the Dubai Air Force. So, <laughs> Correct. Uh, uh, it's actually yeah. don't donor advised funds, and that'll be the last thing that we oh, sort of touch it. on. Um, got it. But um, yeah, so on the trust perspective, um, I, I definitely want to touch on that because there's some uh, timely issues uh, centered around trust at this stage of the game. So um, the Trump administration uh, boosted the um, lifetime exemption that were in trusts uh, up to 11 million from five and a half million when he got into office. And with the inflation adjusters, it's about 11 and a half million today. And the current tax proposal is to bring that lifetime exemption down uh, to five and a half million dollars, which might go into place if this thing passes on January 1st of 2022. That's sort of the expectation. So in the next two months, uh, there's an opportunity to take advantage of this six million dollars in extra lifetime exemption uh, that is in place as, as of this moment. So I'll go back a little bit. Um, trusts uh, double your lifetime exemption if you have a spouse. So if you are just a married couple and you don't have a trust, um, today you have $11.5 million exemption. But on January 1st, that's going to go down to $5.5 million. Um, 
And so if you have over five and a half million, you can maybe move part of this money into what's called a flip. A flip stands for family limited interested partnership. And basically what you're doing is you're flipping your assets to the next generation. So uh, you as the owner of the business, uh, you as the person that has gathered these investments in your lifetime, um, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to use an example. Let's say that you've accumulated $10 million. And if we move this five and a half million dollar exemption mark, you're going to have four and a half million that would be as susceptible to a state tax uh, just by early next year. The tax on that is at about 50 percent. So you can have a couple million dollar tax bill, right? Uh, and today you don't have that tax bill. Um, so, you know, there, you know, you, and sadly, you know, you built up your business and we'll talk about, you know, the taxes that you're going to have when you sell that. And, you know, you pay taxes your whole life. And then, you know, all of a sudden um, they change this exemption on your estate uh, on, on the trust and you pass away and they take another couple million dollars out of your state for taxes of money. You really pay tax on your whole life. So it's one of these things. It's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine. Uh, so I want to make sure people understand you got this extra six million right now that you could take maybe real estate, business interest, um, um, more illiquid assets uh, and uh, put them into this flip. You're still the owner. You still, you're the general partner. You control it. You can take the income off of it. You can sell it. You can do anything you want with it. But upon you and if your spouse is uh, part of the equation, her passing, uh, and if you're beneficiaries of the kids, those kids would have those assets in their name and wouldn't be in your state and would avoid all that tax I just mentioned. So um, if you are over five and a half million dollars in uh, assets today, including your business and your investment assets and your retirement assets and real estate and so on and so forth, that's something you should most probably talk to your estate uh, you know, planning attorney about before the end of the year, because you might be able to set up one of these flips and uh, you know, avoid that problem you know, starting next year. So that's, uh, you know, sort of uh, covers maybe something on the trust side of the equation. Um, if you're under five and a half million, Bob, um, you know, trusts also avoid probate. And so people, you know, sometimes are like, well, you don't need to trust. You have less than five and a half million. Uh, I still recommend that a client would put TOD on their investment accounts or POD on their bank accounts. And that just is called payment on death for POD or TOD is transfer on death. And that avoids probate. So probate is a nine month court case that, the, you know, the courts have to approve. It's public record. Anybody can challenge it. There's usually attorney involved. So there's some fees associated with going through probate. If you do POD or TOD, it's a it's a I call it a poor man's trust. It's a it's a very cheap way to avoid probate. All right. So Got that it. is. Yeah, that's uh, sort of the trust side and the lifetime exemption side. Um, there isn't sadly a ton that you can do with the sale of a business. Uh, so I'll, again, I'll just use an example. Let's say you sell the business for a million dollars. Today, um, the tax rates would be about 20% for capital gains for the feds, 5% five for, 5 for the state of Ohio. If this is national, each state, you know, Florida doesn't have state tax, Texas doesn't. So there's some states wherever they're at, the state tax would be added on. And then there's the uh, Affordable Care Act, 
Affordable Care Act tax of 3.8%. So uh, again, being in Ohio, it's 28.8%. So on your million dollar sale, you know, if you have no real cost basis built in there, you got $288,000 in taxes due. Um, also, based on where we're at right now, January 1st, that that capital gains tax rate is supposed to go from 20 to 25%. So in that same example that I just had where we're at 288, you could add 50,000 to that, you're gonna be at 338,000 because the federal tax is going from 200 to 250,000. Um, so those are uh, you know things that are coming uh, our way. So if you've got a sale that's you know maybe staring you in the face and you're like, should I do it this year? Should I do it next year? Uh, you might be able to save five percent on taxes, uh, fifty thousand per million, uh, if you get it done this year. Um, got it. Yep. And then the other um, uh, thing that you can do, um, you know, a lot of us have charitable bones in our body, and we you know tied to the, you know, the church or the temple or the university or the school or the, uh, you, know, uh, the you know, the nonprofit that you hold near and dear to your heart. Um, and a lot of times you do that out of, you know, current dollars and you get a charitable deduction. Well, if you sell your business, you've got, you know, one of the biggest, you know, amounts of income coming in in, 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 in your lifetime. Um, you can fund what's called a donor advised fund, that DAF. And that donor advised fund is an offset versus that sale. So let's say, again, we sold it for a million um, and you say, well, I'm going to put $100,000 into a donor advised fund. Um, you know, it's going to reduce that sale and save you, I don't know, you know, maybe $30,000 in tax uh, on the overall sale. So you're, you're putting 100 of the money off into... Um, a charitable fund, you've really given up control of that money, that money's no longer yours, but you can use it for the rest of your life to do your charitable giving. So the year that you really need the biggest tax break, you can do your, you can get the one time deduction against that. Um, and then use that to fund all, you know, it's not like the, the church or the school or the, you know, the local nonprofit's not going to keep asking you for money for the next 30 years. And you can use that to fund your charitable giving. You won't get any more tax deductions in the future, but you'll reduce the tax burden, uh, you know, this year and then be able to fund your charitable giving forever and a day. Um, a donor advised funds uh, sort of need too, in that the way they're set up right now, you don't really have to give to charity out of them every year. You can let the funds grow. So if you do put some money in, you can let it grow over a period of time and then use that growth uh, to do your charitable contributions. So usually I just let the interest that accrues on mine to do my charitable contributions and the, and the principal stays there. So I know it's going to continue to be able to do it year after year. Um, and then at the end of, you know, time, uh, my wife and I can decide to then just disperse it over these different charities. Uh, but we decided to try to, you know, develop some charitable bones in our children. And we're going to, we named them successor trustees. So I, I you know, I, I jokingly always say, I'm going to force my kids to get together after we pass to do some charitable giving, because they have to continue to distribute money out of this uh, for the rest of their lives. So um, it's a great way to sort of build a charitable legacy uh, in the family also. So, uh, uh, you know, in terms of right trusts, uh, you know, there's a once in a lifetime exemption here you might want to take advantage of. And then uh, donor advised funds can help on the tax. 
Um, then we can get to the next points because that has a couple other things we can do too. Yeah. Yep. Well, let, let me ask you about from a wealth management perspective, if, if a, a dentist is thinking about selling their practice and uh, concerned about what to do with the proceeds, um, maybe you could touch on municipal bonds and, and unified management accounts. So usually after we, you know, figure out, you know, how, how much money we're getting and how much we owe, uh, the tax man and, you know, how much we might want to do, do in a donor advice fund, then we know what money we have left to invest. And then we're using that investment to figure out, hey, how much income do we need uh, off of this portfolio to, you know, to support our retirement, um, you know, lifestyle. Uh, so um, a unified managed account is, you know, what we have sort of the mousetrap um, uh, that we sort of built um, uh, that uh, lets us take our clients' funds get to the best portfolio managers at the lowest cost with the most tax efficiency and develop the best rates returns. So um, a unified managed account, they used to be called separately managed accounts. So I had one account for equities and one account for alternatives and one account for international and one account for all these different things. A unified managed account with technology, we're just allowed to have that in one account and we can manage that whole uh, sort of uh, risk return profile in there. uh, on top of that, on the municipal bond side of the equation, um, I, I really love municipal bonds. Of the couple billion dollars in assets that we manage, we have over 300 some million in muni bonds alone. And uh, the reason we do is because they're not correlated to the stock market. Um, there was a day not too long ago where the stock market went down about a thousand points. And I had one of my older retired clients call me up and it's like, Brian, what should we do? And I pulled up his portfolio and it was about 80 some odd percent of muni bonds. And I said, cheer, <laughs> because bonds aren't correlated. <laughs> when stocks go down, bonds go up. Um, and so, uh, you know, people worry about the stock market, but the bond market, there's usually a flight to quality. So if things are going bad, bonds are what sort of, you know, protect you in those times. Um, they also produce tax-free income. So as you know, taxes are you know where they're at now, and most probably going a little bit higher. Um, it's a way to generate income off your portfolio. So today, you have a million dollars. You put it in a in a, in a CD, uh, and you earn you know 0.1 percent. Um, there's the thing called a rule of 72, Bob. I know we've gone over it before, but if you take the rule number 72 and divide it by an interest rate. And that's how fast it takes your money to double. So if we actually earned 1%, it would be 72 years before that million would become 2 million. Well, at 0.1%, it's only 720 years, right? So we're like, we need to okay. do better than what CDs are paying. So muni bonds on average have been paying around 4%, you know? Um, and if I can get 4% and not have to pay tax on that income, I mean, that's about every 15 years my money doubles, not 72 or 720. And, and now I'm getting income that I can actually use. And there's a box on your 1099. So if you've ever had muni bonds, I always tell you this is your favorite box in your lifetime. But there's a box over on the right side of your 1099 says non-taxable income. We want more money in that box. So uh, at the end of the day, uh, you know, tax-free municipal bonds are part of the equation. It's to generate some, you know, guaranteed sort of income to go along with Social Security and other income streams you develop in your lifetime. And then we use the unified managed account for some growth, uh, some extra income, and to sort of protect our portfolios over our lifetime against inflation. Does that make some sense? Yes, that's great information. Thanks for sharing that, Brian. And then the last uh, 
item I wanted to uh, to touch on and uh, it would be from an educational perspective uh, what might uh, dental practice sellers do with the proceeds of the sale of their practice well um, again it depends on you know sometimes from state to state but uh, most states have this as an option um, there are so you know it's kids could even be grandkids um, you can set up what's called a 529 plan uh, and the 529 is just under the IRS, you know, code 529. Uh, but uh, 529 basically says you're allowed to put money into one of these types of accounts. They're usually run by each state. So each state sort of has their own 529. In Ohio, we have uh, BlackRock and Vanguard that run the 529 plans in the state of Ohio. So you have a couple choices. Um, and in this state, our deduction is a little bit lower, but you get $4,000 state tax deduction per kid, per grandkid. So, you know, if you had, you know, four grandchildren, you could put $16,000 in and get a state tax deduction, savings about $800 in this state. A lot of states have up to $10,000 that you can put in and take the deduction for. Excuse me, is that per individual? So could a, a married couple give away twice that much? Yes, if they set it up and they're the separate owners, they could. And then, you know, let's say, you know, the, the, the parents do it and the, and, the, and, the, and the kids want to do it. The kids, you know, the, the parents themselves could do it too. So it's not just one per kid, it's, it's one per individual setting those things up. So yes, you can lever it that way. And then the money in those accounts grows tax-free. And then if it comes out for, and it used to just be higher education, anything after high school, but now they made it even private schools from kindergarten through 12th grade or any accredited uh, schools. So, you know, after college, it could be, uh, um, uh, you know, culinary school or Q school, you know, if we all want to become professional golfers or um, um, uh, any technical school, just so it's accredited. Uh, so there's, you know, thousands and thousands of schools. So it doesn't matter what state you're in, it, it applies to all these different schools across the country and even across the globe. Um, and that money then would come out uh, without any taxes. So tax deduction on the way in, tax-free growth, tax-free distribution. So it's, a, it's the most tax efficient way to help somebody pay for schooling without a doubt. Great. Well, Brian, everything you've shared with us today has been most helpful and valuable. And uh, thank you for, for doing that. And could you please share your contact information with our listeners in case they have additional questions? Absolutely. So again, it's Brian Edwards, um, and I'm at uh, the Edwards Group at Morgan Stanley. And my direct phone number is 614-473-2401. Um, and if you'd just like to email me a question, it's uh, Brian, B-R-I-A-N dot J dot Edwards at ms.com the ms for morgan stanley but at ms.com uh and if i would have known i would add all those dots around my middle initial i never would have put it in there so <laughs> brian.j.edwards <laughs> at ms.com uh and again bob thanks a lot uh i appreciate all you do i know how much work uh, you do with uh uh you know the dental uh practices around here and i know that uh you know you mean you're way ahead of the curve in terms of uh uh, what, you know, uh, um, you know, most of these, what I would say business brokers do with dental practices. So, uh, you know, thanks for all you do in the community too. Well, thanks, Brian. Well, that ends today's episode and uh, we've got one more uh, episode to share. So uh, that's it for now. And thanks for joining us today.